1965, Bob Dylan was booed by a portion of his audience for playing electric instruments on stage at the Newport Folk Festival. The electric Dylan controversy is well known, and in hindsight, sounds absolutely fucking insane. So surely, three years later, people were much cooler about electric guitars? Not in America. 1968 saw the release of Electric Mud, the fifth studio album by Muddy Waters. As the album title suggests, it's that classic Muddy Waters you know with exciting new electrical instruments. American critics and blues purists were unenthused. Quote, Electric Mud does great disservice to one of the blues' most important innovators and prostitutes the contemporary styles to which his pioneering efforts have led, wrote Peter Welding for Rolling Stone. This did not stop the album from charting at number 127 on the Billboard 200 album chart in the U.S., the first time Muddy Waters had ever charted. Across the pond, the album was a hit commercially and critically. The Brits couldn't get enough of this stuff. Quote, It was the biggest Muddy Waters record we ever had at Chess, and it dropped instantly. The English accepted it. They are more eccentric, said Marshall Chess, record producer and son of Chess Records co-founder Leonard Chess. This record found its way to musician John Paul Jones, who in 1968 was forming the hit band Led Zeppelin. When exactly he listened to the album is unclear, but in 1971 it served as inspiration for the main riff featured on the opening track for the band's untitled fourth studio album, often called Led Zeppelin IV. This riff helped put the song on at least two iterations of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list, and earned the track the number one spot on Q Magazine's 20 Greatest Guitar Tracks. Described by biographer Keith Shadwick as, quote, a clever pattern that turns back on itself more than once, crossing between time signatures as it does. The riff certainly earned its place on those lists. Music sociologist Dina Weinstein has called it, quote, one of the most instantly recognizable Led Zeppelin tracks, end quote. Good thing the riff is recognizable because the song title itself might not be. This aggressive electric blues track is named not after any element of the song, but after a nameless Labrador retriever that hung around the Headley Grange studios as the band was recording the album. That's right, Unmarketable Mayhem concludes with Black Dog by Led Zeppelin on Cover Me. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is going to make you groove. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my sweaty co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, what is going on? Oh, I am sweating. Are you sweating? Is it hot out there in it's, uh, it's Calgary? Hot. It's been hot. It's not so bad right now, but it's going to heat up because all the windows are closed because it's also fucking smoky. Ah, uh, that's what I've heard is it's wildfire season. Yep. We are inundated with smoke, which is not as bad as being inundated with actual wildfire, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it's also unpleasant. It's second place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the two top things, basically. When it comes to like wildfire things you don't like, probably number one, the fire. Yeah. Number two, the smoke. Number two, the smoke. Number three, new growth forests. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. I see, yeah, it's it's like when people get nouveau riche. I'm like, oh, I'm not into this. <laughs> they, uh, they just they just have no class. They just have money. Ugh. Um, uh, yeah, they just have saplings. Trees, <laughs> trees, saplings. No, no history taste. here in this forest, you know. It's just... <laughs> exactly. You can see anything. Ugh. I can't even get lost in there. No, yeah. you can't. I'm just starting to turn around on that little forest in Silver Springs because it's had what ten yeah. years, <laughs> twenty, twenty years, one years. 
Shit, yeah, that was probably to go to bars in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I thought there was a word for that, but there's not. Twenty first birthday in the United States. Legal your, drinking age. Your bicent? No, not centennial. Bi. Dick. 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 There's got to be a word for that too. Anyway, twenty one years old. Twenty one years. Not you, but that forest. Mm-hmm. New growth trees. Can't deal with them. Wildfire. Hey, do you know the song Wildfire about a horse? Who's it by? It's by Michael. Hang on. I forget his name. Michael Martin Murphy. Martin Murphy? I don't think I do. It's about a girl who's like horse dies, and then I think she dies, and then she rides the horse. Well, that's sad. And they're also maybe haunting this man. Yeah, it's a but sad it's nice song. that they get back together in the end because they're both dead. That's right, I think. That's, this is a, a brief summary of its folk song. You might like it. He mentions hoot owls. Ooh, I do like hoot owls. I always like it when songs mention an animal that you don't expect. And also, like, includes their, like, the onomatopoeia of the sounds they make. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Hoot owl. Um, there is, bark, there's like a Leonard a bark Skinner dog. song. Yeah, like the name dog. of this song. Just kidding. That's right, it's Bark Dog. I just <laughs> wanted to mention the Leonard Skinner song where they mention a she-gator, which she-gator. I think is also... Great song, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also like when Paul Simon talks about like Kellogg's cornflake. I mean, obviously that's just a brand, but or like, uh, like uh, I'm. What's the other one? Uh, I can't what, think of. You talking like, about boysenberry jam? Boysenberry jam. I'm a know? citizen <laughs> for boysenberry jam. Fam. Yeah. <laughs> like put a weird descriptor on, say like electric light or like transistor radio or something like that we are like well we don't really need that anymore but it's yeah, kind of amusing like, cool it's good it to hear like, yeah hell yeah but yeah talking about animal songs this song nothing to do with an animal everything to do with hot ladies yep yep hot ladies uh sweaty um not very nice hot, it turns hot, out sweaty ladies hot, yes sweaty ladies <laughs> Um, but you know, that's just, that's how it goes uh, sometimes when you're a rock and roll star. Um, Yeah, particularly the thing that stuck out to me this week, I was like, oh, Led Zeppelin is just the blues through an electric guitar. Yeah, (laughs) it's, I mean, you always hear it, right? But if you don't really know the blues, you don't necessarily register. Um, because to me, this is just like rock and roll, right? But it really Mm -hmm. is, yeah, very, very bluesy. Um, I like the story of the recording. There's always stories around the recording of led zeppelin 4 which is usually what i call it i don't know if you're a you're a zoso guy or no i'm not really a zoso guy um (laughs) i'm like zoso about it Uh, although i'm not against it but (laughs) when i was when i first heard like that name for the fourth album of led zeppelin Mm -hmm. um I heard Zofo, because it kind of also looks like an F, because there's a line okay. through it. Okay. Oh, we're getting through that kind of thing, where it's like, yeah. is it the or is it ye? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those... Well, it's like sometimes in the new, new typesetting, or like the old typesettings, they had like the big F. Anyway. Big F. But, I mean, like you said, they, they were recording at a barn, essentially, like a farm. Right, that's why it was Grange, which yeah. is like, isn't that French for like French. range or like? I think it's French ranch. for barn. Like, yeah, or barn, yeah. Grange. Like, Grange. Um, My favorite uh, ZZ Top song called yeah. Grange. La Grange. Um, so, yeah, they recorded 
parts of this album out there. And those are the ones that I've heard the stories of mostly. But it also mentioned in some of the trivia, part of the album was recorded at an old church called Island Studios, uh, which is, I'm pretty sure, uh, where Jethro Tull was at the time recording Aqualung. Okay, I know I've heard the name Island Studios before. Yeah, he's come up. Right. So they were talking about, like, there's a basement room. Apparently, Led Zeppelin mostly got the basement room, except for Stairway to Heaven. And then, like, I heard an interview with Ian Anderson where he's talking about, like, we got the upstairs, so everything was very, like, it was very big, and everything kind of bounced all the sounds. So uh-huh. it was kind of tough for them to to do that. Not not to talk too much about Aqualung, but they I, I like to bring up Jethro Tull when I can. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Island Studios, um, so they recorded with uh, Andy Johns there, recording right. engineer, who's also known for working on Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones and television's Marquee Moon. Ah, Marquee Moon, which is a su- We've been talking about covering that for a while and, like, not doing it. Because well, it's like a nine-minute song, and all the covers are also nine minutes long, so <laughs> yeah. we can fit maybe two covers, and I, like... <laughs> listen to them and it's like well this is just marquee moon but not as good <laughs> yeah yeah they can be tough with those ones can be can be very difficult um yeah they, this guy uh, andy johns also worked on several led zeppelin albums so he's kind of their go-to engineer and maybe i don't know if he just runs out of island studios or what but yeah this album has a lot of myth behind it as, as much as led zeppelin does just in general i think yeah, which is kind of a weird thing. I guess there's things they don't talk about. Obviously, the name of the album is one of them. It technically yes. doesn't have a name. These guys like, hate naming things. <laughs> I mean, the story I always heard was they weren't critically well-received generally. And some critic had made a comment like, people are only buying these albums because they have the Led Zeppelin name on them. So I said, all right, well, we won't put Led Zeppelin on it. Oh, we won't yeah, even give I it a name. I do remember this. Um, that's the story I always heard, but as I will cover, probably again briefly, these stories don't necessarily have a basis, or I heard them when I was really young and maybe misremember them. Okay, are you saying that the the Black Dog didn't exist? Is that your... No, well, another thing I heard about this song was that it was written to be difficult to dance to. Hmm. Specifically, but I could find nothing to back that up. I just heard I say it on the radio one time. Yeah, it's made to be difficult to dance to. Yeah, like they were specifically like, I want to make a song that people cannot dance to. Um, but again, I I have found no support for that whatsoever. Yeah, no, it's I I think this le- either maybe it's true, but it seems to lean more into the the typical Led Zeppelin like line of steal from the blues as much as possible. Yeah. And this yeah. one happens to fall on that very thin line of being inspired by rather than legit just stolen. <laughs> Yeah, which which happens. You get, you get a bit of both. It happens with Led Zeppelin quite a yeah. bit. I like looked up an article, and, was, and the article was just like, okay, so which ones did Led Zeppelin steal? And it was a breakdown by album. Of like which songs? Yeah, it's like, so this carries a riff from Howlin' Wolf so-and-so, and like this is from Muddy Waters, but was actually written by this one. Dazed and Confused is actually a song by Jake Holmes. And it's just like, okay. Right. And like, this one, although being about Lord of the Rings, is completely original. Like, like ah, oh, cool. well, they do mention Gollum and Ramble On. Yeah, like, glad they didn't still Ramble On from anyone. Uh, Alex. <laughs> Except you... maybe Christopher Tolkien. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unconfirmed. We'll see if he, he sues. But uh, Alex, you a big Led Zeppelin fan? 
Um, Led Zeppelin's such a strange band for me. Mm. I do like them. I've listened to a fair amount of Led Zeppelin, but for some reason, they're never a group I think of when I'm like, what, what are bands I really like? You know? Yeah. They don't pop up in my mind. It, and it's very strange, because I think they're quite good, and I really like a lot of their songs, but for some, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's because, like, older dudes I used to, who used to, like, talk to me growing up, like, Led Zeppelin's the greatest band of all time. I was like, okay, well, I don't need to, like, invest that heavily in Led <laughs> right. Zeppelin then. If it's, it, feel, it felt like a puzzle that was already solved. I was like, okay, yeah, Led Zeppelin's good. And I, yeah, I love right. Led Zeppelin. Like, Led Zeppelin 2 is a big album for me. I used to listen to that front to back, back to front. Um, that's the one I listen to the most. And I like, I like some of the, like, probably less popular Led Zeppelin tracks. I mean, there's, there's quite a few tracks that don't get, like, heavy play that, Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of, they've got a pretty broad discography. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the ones I'm most familiar with are probably, actually, I did go through a bit of a phase. So like, Mm. uh, Houses of the Holy, Physical Graffiti, and In Through the Outdoor are probably three biggest for me and i feel like those are probably the three smallest (laughs) in terms of like albums people are going to mention by led zeppelin well because the other ones are so easy to remember like led zeppelin one led zeppelin two Mm -hmm. led zeppelin three led zeppelin four and then those are like the other weird thing about i mean those are you don't even know the name right yeah um although there's a lot that don't have the name on them uh but the other weird thing about led zeppelin for me and for some people i've talked to is you might recognize a handful of songs once they start playing, but yeah. like this song, you don't necessarily know the name, even if it does make sense. Yeah. Like, and I don't uh, know why that is, but I always had trouble remembering which song was which for Led Zeppelin. Even when we were talking about what Led Zeppelin song to do this week, because we, we kind of figured <laughs> that this was the time to do it. Yeah. There, we would let, like, mention a name, and it was like, wait, how does that one go, though? Like, the, yeah. the name of the song and the association to the actual music is, like, a bit disjointed. Yeah, which is so strange. And, like, some of them, obviously, like, this one, Rock and Roll, Stairway to Heaven, like, those big ones when the levee breaks maybe, maybe. um like stuff ramble off on, of before. ramble on the right. ones you would hear on the radio uh but even then there's other ones that i'm struggling to think of there's the jamaica well no how do you say it jamaica 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 <laughs> um stuff like that where i mean that's not an obvious name but then no. like whole lot of love sure yeah obviously whole lot of love yeah but easy. then heartbreakers kind of in the middle <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, I'm like, I, wait, can't, I actually can't think of what it sounds like. Um, that's one that I've definitely like. I've done some, you know, rock and roll trivia where they'll play the song, uh, and you gotta identify the name. Heartbreakers one that has got me, where I was like, "Fuck, what's the name of that Led Zeppelin song?" So I always remember mm. that one. That's that's good to remember in case you're ever in another trivia situation. Um, the other thing, using that to bounce back into this week's song, Black right. Dog. Listening to it this week, I would listen to it, and then afterwards, I would have instead stuck in my head, uh, Livin' Lovin'. Livin' Lovin'. the woman. Is that the name of the song? I think. Is it Livin' Lovin' Woman? Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what. Living Loving Maid, brackets, she's just a woman. Living Loving Maid. That's just a weird, it's just a weird name. 
Yeah, weird name. But they have a similar like call and response song song structure where it is vocals and then riff. Yes, well, I mean it's very blues, right? Like we said. Yeah. Um, although it it has a very interesting feel to it because as much as it it does have that structure, and I had mm-hmm. to look some of this up because it's not obvious. I think listening to it, but like there's some weird time signature stuff going on in this song. Yeah, they they mentioned that in that biographer quote, and apparently John Bonham, the drummer, couldn't like figure it out. He couldn't figure out the time signature change, so he was like. I'm just going to play like there is no time signature change. <laughs> Which, like, cool. Like, it, it's it's interesting that way because then the two parts of it are desynchronized, kind of, and they only yeah. match up every, like, 36 beats or something like that. Like, I didn't count. I, yeah, I didn't. Like, I just kind of listened to, to, to feel it out. And I was like, okay, you can tell. I, f- I feel like you can tell that the drums play a little sparser in order to not, like, fuck up the time signature flow. <laughs> It's like he's like, okay, well, this beat is going to get hit in either time signature. So if I just play those, like, it's seamless. It's going to be the same either way. Yeah, which is well, because, I mean, John Bonham is known for doing some pretty complex time signature things. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was more on later albums, but uh, he definitely could do that kind of stuff sometimes, or if he had the feel for it. Uh, yeah. Like, what is it? Fool in the Rain's a big one where he's got, like, kind of a polyrhythm thing going on right and of course moby dick is all him doing drum solos like he's that's the thing about led zeppelin is say what you will about their originality abilities they are very technically skilled musicians yeah absolutely and we've talked about them not as led zeppelin a number of times that's right john paul jones has come up pretty recently Um, uh jimmy page just as studio musicians musicians and just having been around other musicians at the time because they were in the studio. So they're yeah. like very skilled musicians for sure. For sure. And that's like, cause I was like, okay, it's the blues. I can knock out this riff on bass <laughs> and kind of like I hit the notes. Right. But to get that, uh, to get it to sound like Led Zeppelin and not like me trying to learn Led Zeppelin is a, is a leap yeah. that I couldn't do in the five minutes I put in. <laughs> I mean, I do see, I did see a quote from John Paul Jones, because he wrote, like, he, like, came up with the idea, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, had a riff. Um, and he even said, like, the first version I played was really complicated, and it was in, like, three sixteenths time or something, and, like, that was too much, so we had to, like, shift it around a bit. So, yeah, so it's not in crazy weird time signatures. Right. Because, like, when do you see three sixteenths time? That's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's. I don't even know why you would do three sixteenths. Like, I know different time signatures at different feels or whatever, but how do you even know what three sixteenths feels like? What's in three sixteenths? Nothing, dude. Name one thing. You can't. Almost this song, except not. Almost this song. Yeah. Well, Alex, do you like Black Dog? Yeah, this is a song I've just known it for such a long time. It's one of the songs that I've just like absorbed into my being. You know, Hell yeah. It's one of like the original classic rock songs that I would have heard when I was like first learning what that word meant. Yeah, this words. is definitely like a textbook example that yeah. they would show you. Um, hell yeah. yeah, well, let's talk about these lyrics, Alex, which uh, Robert Plant says, not all my stuff is meant to be scrutinized. Things like <laughs> black dog or blatant, let's do it in the bath type things, but they make their point just the same. 
yeah, I mean, there you go, right? Like, what's... <laughs> um, there's a bit to be said about it still, I think, but, but that's the upshot of, like, what is going on in the story. Yeah, this is just like a horny track. So he, he opens up, Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Guitar riff. Guitar riff. Ah, <laughs> uh, child, way you shake that thing, gonna make you burn, gonna make you sting. Hey, hey, baby, when you walk that way, watch your honey drip. Watch your honey keep drip. Away. Your honey drip. Uh, I did learn something, though. Apparently, honey drip is a, like, a, as one word, uh, is used to describe sex appeal. Mm. So you can have honey drip. Okay. Similar. Has it just been shortened to drip? Possibly. Although. I, sometimes drip- people talk about having drip when they, when mm. they are dressed quite well. I wonder if they're related. I, I mean, to me, drip is more specifically clothing related, not mm. even necessarily sexual, but maybe, maybe they're, I mean, they could probably be related. They could be. I wouldn't be. be surprised. But I don't know where that comes from. Nor do I, Alex. But that's a thought. Yeah, so watch a honey drip. Can't keep away. This, this person is sexually <laughs> attractive. Yeah, I do like move. the imagery of the... I mean, we get into the sweatiness as well, and, like, mm-hmm. there's dripping going on. It's very, like, moist verse. Yeah, we talked about uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire's uh, let, this, let Us Groove. Let's yeah, groove. Let's groove. And that one was kind of about, like, seeing somebody on the dance floor, and it was a much more, like, refined approach to being like, hey, we're here to dance, but if something, like, sexual happens... That's cool, too. This one is the other side of that, where it's like, I just want to fuck so bad. I see you on the dance floor, and I'm so fucking horny. Like, yeah. let's fucking go. It reminds me of, like, sometimes in a music video, or I guess movies, too, if someone's dancing, and then, you know, you get the sweat, and, like, you see the sweat, like, they'll exhale or something, and, like, it'll shoot out into the air. Yeah. And, like, it, yeah, everything is just, they sprayed it down with those bottle, you know, spray bottles. Make everything look uh, sweaty. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm getting out of this. Although, I don't know what Shake That Thing meant in 1971 or whatever this was. Oh, Shake Your Butt. I mean, it does. But I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of what the conceptualization was. Um, pre... I don't know. See, like, what dance they were doing to shake their butt? Yeah, what was the dance? They were twerking back then. It was they, they were twerking. <laughs> People twerking? forget that the twerk went out of style. <laughs> so it was around in the seventies. We back. dropped it. It's come back. We brought it back. Well, we brought a lot of stuff back from the seventies. Yeah, like uh <laughs> Nope, I got nothing. Like talking yeah, about so Led Zeppelin. <laughs> talking about Led Zeppelin, yeah. That's that's number one. That's right number one. Yeah, I don't think it's important to know how they're shaking no. that thing, Alex. You're right. It's not important. <laughs> I think I think the fact that it is a dance. Here's weird. Here's a weird thing. Here's weird. I say to you, hey, hey, mama, and then ah, uh, uh, child, which is she? Uh, uh, child. Yeah, which is it? I mean, they're inclusive, right? Uh, she actually does de-age as we go. It's mama, child, then baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um, nope. Doesn't go further. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't call her an embryo at any point. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't go pre-baby. That's good. Um, that is fun. I, I wonder if that was maybe that was on purpose. Yeah, I don't. Is he infantilizing her as as his sexualization continues? I don't know. Uh, also, a weird thing to just call some strange or a mother. I don't know. 
No, it is. I mean, I mean, all those slang terms are a bit strange to refer to a stranger as. Like, yeah, hey, it's hey, like, mama. Hey, mama. Hey, or even like in a Bruce Springsteen song where he's like, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? I'm like, you shouldn't be talking to little girls like that, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Bruce? What's... Get away from her house. <laughs> her dad is at work. Uh, there's a joke about there's a comedian who has a joke about that. I forget name though. Damn it. It could be me, man. I could have had you. that joke. Oh, it's that guy who's funny. Um in a cheerful way. In a cheerful way. John Mulaney? <laughs> no. He was just on a lot of coke. Yeah, that's right. He wasn't funny. He was just coked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's not important. Not important. What is important is the chorus, which we've got to get into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the fun part about this song is if it's not a verse, it's not a word. Well, OK, they do have the bridge, but like they have the chorus and also like a break where they just. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. They just kind of vocalize. And even the bridge, which is words, is like barely. It's fifty percent the word baby, and then some other fillers. Um, that is true. It's a lot of baby. Hey, baby. Oh, baby. Pretty baby. We're not there yet, Alex. We're on no verse words. two, where they say, "I got a roll, can't stand two. still. Got a flaming heart, can't get my fill." Eyes that shine, burning red, dreams of you all through my head. Um, I do like the genius annotation here, where they're like, this is the only part of the song that's kind of connected to black dogs, and it's like, yeah, that's a stretch. They're like, yes, it's the hellhound. You're like, I don't fucking think so. Uh, Red eyes. Um, I feel like we're mostly just talking about heat. Um... You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's a sexy situation. We already <laughs> talked about sexy situation. Oh, sexy situations I keep getting myself into. <laughs> ah, what have I got into myself into this time? What have I? Too many words. Doesn't matter. Um, a sexy situation, Alex. I got a roll. I can't stand still. Got a flaming heart. Can't get my fill. So yeah, he's super horny. He's in heat, you might say. But he's got he's got a roll. It means he's got to leave, right? Like he's like, I can't stay here. I might get shot. Or he's got to take Molly. Did that exist in seven? <laughs> I don't, I don't think Did so. They have, they have Molly. But sometimes when you're taking pills, you're rolling. So no, I guess they had p- pills. Is it because you roll the pills like because around sometimes? Yeah, maybe. And then yeah, the traditional way to do it is you have somebody else roll it to you across <laughs> the table into your mouth. Yeah, you, you get a little trough. Game. You do like one of those uh, those little donation like setups where you it's got the slot for the coin and it it just like spins around. Yeah, classic. But it's a it's a pill with like a I don't know strawberry or whatever stamped on it. Yeah, what you know whatever drug dealer you're getting from. If it's strawberry Dan, it's a strawberry. Strawberry. If it's Mr. Mango, it's got a mango on there. Mr. Mango Dan. Whatever, whatever Dan you're getting drugs It's from. always Dan when you're getting drugs. Um, I gotta roll. Is he, yeah, is he saying I can't leave? I feel like in this context, he's just saying like he has to move. So like to move generally? doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got this, this force that's, that's pushing him somewhere. Yeah, because it seems to be talking about his obsession. Eyes that shine burning red. I don't know if that's his or hers. Dreams of you all through my head. I mean, I feel like if it's his eyes and he's like, he feels like his eyes are on fire, but like his gaze is like 
I don't know. He's, he has intent. He's focused. He's, yeah, he's, he's intense. Yeah, he's burning red. Like he's he's a force of nature right His now. His eyes are on fire. Is that a is that a metaphor for something? For, for I don't smoking know. weed. Smoking, I mean, yeah, um, could be. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's looking for. Well, specifically about this one person, but yeah, he's obsessed it's, with it's this one person, him. and he's he's got to get it. Yeah. Um, and then we get a good break where we go, ah, 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 Yeah, I wonder, I mean, we talked about the chorus already where it's just a lot of O's and yeahs, and now we've just got ahs. There's sort of a, a, like, primal, guttural nature to this song. Yes. Um, and that kind of supports it. The fact that, like, it's the chorus of the song, and all they say is, oh, yeah. You know, or, like, this... Like, it's supposed to be the important part where you tell, like, some of the story. But it's like, no, 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 we're our focus here. And you are telling some of the story. Just yeah. Less the story is that he's so unbearably horny that words yeah. fail. Yeah, so he just goes, ah, ah, He's just, like, grunting. Ah, and, ah. <laughs> and yodeling, apparently. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he's all hyped up. Um, we hit the bridge. Hey, baby, oh, baby, pretty baby. Tell me, would you do me now? Hey, baby, oh, baby, pretty baby. Move me while you groove me now. I will uh, again refer to the Robert Plant quote. (laughs) He says, uh, not all my stuff is meant to be scrutinized. Yeah, I don't want to scrutinize it too closely, because I honestly didn't even know move me while while you groove me now was the line. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily listening for the line. Yeah, because it's... I I didn't hear either of those. It was just like... And then you just kind of join in on now. Yeah. And and you're good. That's the important word. Tell me what you do me now. Another great pickup line from a rock song. (laughs) Tell me what you do me now. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Bob. Next time you're out there on the scenes, folks, try this line out. See what your results are. (laughs) I mean... It's direct. Works seventy five percent of the time. That's right. It's a sex well, Panther maybe situation. It's a what? Eighty percent of the time it works. Ninety percent of the time. Ninety percent of the time. It's, 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 you just use any numbers you work. Or what is it? Is it? Is it an episode of Seinfeld where some guys like just get naked in their room and like twenty five percent of the time it works and like four of them try? Is that Seinfeld, Seinfeld or, or is some that other show? How I Met Your Mother? Oh, that's How I Met Your Mother. I think it's How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, that makes more sense. For some reason, I've been thinking that was Seinfeld for like a couple weeks now. It's been on my mind. Okay, no, Seinfeld is about soup Nazis. Um... <laughs> the soup Nazis, that one where they keep saying, not that there's anything wrong with that. that. Yeah, and the one where they try not to beat off and Kramer loses first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's three episodes of Seinfeld, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. a three episode show. The first uh, season's remarkably short, but like, yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It's a, a three-episode. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, move me while you groove me. Is he asking yeah. for emotional commitment while he gets fucked? Move or is he just saying, like, is, is this just a like, hippy-dippy way of being like, fuck me while you fuck me now? Yeah, what does it mean to like appeal to my emotions, but also there's sex involved? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's... I, again, I will refer to the Robert <laughs> quote. <laughs> it is rock somewhat... Rock and roll gobbledygook. Rock and roll gobbledygook. 
You could fit yeah. that into rock and roll hoochie coo. <laughs> rock and roll gobbledygook. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah, he, rock and roll hoochie coo is itself somewhat rock and roll gobbledygook. Although hoochie coo, sex means sex. Pretty sure rock and roll also means sex. So it's sex, 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 sex. That's right, Alex. Um, so we come to a twist in this song now. We do, yeah. I mean, which is, I mean, we talked about how blues it was. This is the third verse in a blues song. You gotta have your twist. Yeah, you know what? This right? is actually a classic five-act structure. Oh, yeah? We got verse one. We set things up. Verse two kind of intensifies things. The bridge serves as act three, where it's the literal climax. This is them fucking. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then what is actually verse three is act four, where we find out that things are bad. And then the conclusion where, like, despite being burned this way, he's still seeking out women. Yeah, there you go. Five How's acts. that for a little al- an analysis there? Hey, yeah. How's that? How's that, Robert Plant? Robert Plant. Not meant to be analyzed. Fucking nerd. That's just code for I was on a lot of drugs and don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Black dog. Did I write that one? Don't analyze it. It's about fucking in the bathtub. Yeah, and also dogs, obviously. Dogs. Yeah. Some people have suggested that the black dog, much like in that genius annotation, is meant to just be like bad vibes or like an evil spirit. I mean, maybe they were like, "Man, why is that dog watching us? That's pretty messed up." And they're like, let's name the song because it's kind of messed up. Yeah, there's no real. They don't. We don't get a quality on the dog, like if it's a good or bad dog from the stories. The fact that they didn't give it a name maybe suggests that they were like, "Hey, fuck off, dog, get out of here." <laughs> yeah, at least like a Rufus or a. Yeah, or like I a, don't know, another dog name. Another dog name. Spot. Marcus. Spot. <laughs> Say Marcus. I said Barkus. Barkus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could yeah. be Marcus. Take too long for I found Hoppus. out. What? Yeah, Mark Hoppus would be a great dog name. <laughs> Bark Hoppus. Bark Hoppus. <laughs> That's pretty good. Take too long for I found out what people mean by down and out. Spent my money, took my car, started telling her friend she gonna be a star. I don't know, but I've been told a big-legged woman ain't got no soul. Yeah, this is the one, actually, this is the one where it starts to get, like, kind of narrative. Because before this, it was very, like I said, primal, guttural, you know? Yes. He's just expressing, like, I see this thing. I like seeing that thing. Oh, I want to do this thing. Oh, I'm going to make some sounds. And now it's like, she took advantage of my fame and tried to leverage that into her yes. own career. And Post-nut clarity, bro. That's yeah. what this is. That's what this is, absolutely. <laughs> um... Fun line. I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the specific words of take too long for I found out what people mean by down and out. Because yes, th- right. those aren't the words I always heard, but like, it doesn't matter that I heard yeah. different words. <laughs> like, what, I heard what the, did you hear? I found out what people mean by down and out. That's the important part. Yeah. Well, like take, bin, what, you know, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. slightly different words that just mean the same thing. Yeah, you hear down and out, and you're like, okay, I understand. Like, the rest yeah. is pretty much filler. Yeah, and it was all just for his money. Because at this point, I mean, Led Zeppelin's pretty big, right? Yeah. So they got this money, and apparently cars. Um, and yeah, it was all for the fame. It was all for the fame! 
just a hang for the fame. And so he he suggests that the problem was is that her legs were too large. Her legs were too large. Yeah, what does that mean? Um the the internet has suggested there's a song by uh Freddie King called Big Legged Woman. So it seems to be like a, a term stemming from blues that refers to ladies with big butts, I think. Okay. Or in my head, I kind of see it as like uh like they these women fuck so much that they've got burly legs. <laughs> yeah, I think that is part of it, maybe. Like that's the sort of like old wives tale slang thing. But they're like, mm-hmm. ah, well, you had so much sex that your hips get pushed apart, like something like that. Well, I was thinking of it purely from like a muscular, like they're just banging so much. Oh, so they're <laughs> very muscular legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, something, I don't know, like it doesn't make any sense, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. made up. And like the only other time I've heard it is in a silly song by Frank Zappa called Big Leg Emma. Oh, big leg Emma. Where he says there's a big dilemma about my big leg Emma. And I just thought it was a woman with one large leg. She's <laughs> one large leg. <laughs> that was uh, funny. <laughs> that is funny. She's doing pistol squat. Yeah, she's doing, yeah, the pistol squat, baby. <laughs> just one leg. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's what it is. So, like, the bit, so, so is he calling her, he's just like calling her a whore, basically. Yeah, like the, maybe, or just a hottie with a body. With a body, yeah, it's unclear. I, I think, given the context, where it, we've kind of established that he's like horny, and then he nuts, and then he's like, oh fuck, I fucked up. Like that seems to check out. Where he's like, damn, hot women are maybe too much to handle. He was like, ah, it was, it was, it was the women. That were the it was problem. the women with their big, sexy legs. Their big, sexy legs. That, that's a sign they have no soul. Yeah, no soul. That's pretty extreme, eh? That's that's, yeah, that's some damning words to be saying no about soul. a person. That's what because the hellhound took him. The hellhound. Yeah, that's the ethos of this. That's what this song is trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any women with large legs have had their souls stolen by the hellhound. That's right. They're, they're devil women. Yeah, bark hoppus. But nonetheless, he is he is in regret. Bark hoppus has stolen the soul of another big legged woman. Um, and he's he's like, damn, I I hope to change is what he says, but he doesn't actually hope to change. He hopes for women to change. Yeah. So we get the chorus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Verse four. All I ask for, all I pray. Steady rolling woman going to come my way. Need a woman going to hold my hand. Won't tell me no lies. Make me a happy man. Yeah. He's like, I just wish these women wouldn't talk so much. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, no, he specifically means wants them to be like honest or whatever. And I like that's what steady rolling is it like straight shooting? Yeah, I think. And like when you go steady with somebody, right? Like that's true. So, they and roll. he said he has to roll. So, this is someone who will roll steadily with him. Yeah, I guess then you have someone to roll with. Mm-hmm. Built into it is stability, if nothing else. Somebody who is reliable. Mm hmm. So he just, he, he wants a, a woman with a soul, I guess. Yeah, he wants a, a, a small-legged woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's how this song goes. But it was the 70s, like, everyone was super thin. But also, just because, you know. Yeah, I'd like to see what passed for a big-legged woman in 1971. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the UK in the 70s, they didn't have, like, they didn't have enough, like, resources for... 
to be like really big anyway it's like when um, they talk about like going back in time to feed a peasant boy a twinkie and how it just fucking eradicated the system like, <laughs> he would just explode instantaneously if we brought like a big butt woman from the modern times to 1970 do you think they'd just die <laughs> yeah they would also just explode they'd be like, oh! <laughs> what how is that even possible that's yes. impossible yeah yeah, that's this song, though. It's a song about being horny and then regretting being so horny. Yeah, that sounds accurate to me. Um, Hell yeah, Alex. What does it sound like? We've kind of talked about it already. It sounds like rock and roll. It does sound like rock and roll. It sounds like bluesy rock and roll. Um, there's a few, or at least one note about the guitars that I saw from the uh, producer, Andy Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. He said they had, well, I've heard they had four guitars. The quote, like, overdubbed. Um, Zeppelin 4, four guitars, makes four sense. Four guitars, yeah. And the quote says there was a, a, like, left guitar, a right guitar, and a middle guitar. Um, I don't know where the fourth guitar was. Um, probably the dog guitar at the start. The dog? There is the warming up the guitars section. Supposedly that's what they called it. Waking up the army of guitars. Waking supposedly, up the army of guitars. Supposedly, what uh, what Jimmy Page called it. Okay, and it makes a sound effect along with like a it makes this like <laughs> it sounds like a dog pant, but it's actually guitar effects. Interesting. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, he does kind of like strum in that cadence. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Kind of. Maybe they put that in afterwards because they're like, nobody's gonna know why this song is called Black Dog. So we better, we better check <laughs> this in. Make a vague panting sound. Although maybe the guy is the dog. I don't know. Maybe because he is horny. Yeah. But the the horniness is evil, and that's why it's black. Perhaps. Could be Alex. Could be onto something here. So then, yeah, we get that the the waking of the army of guitars. TM, and TM. then <laughs> that fades out, and we get Robert Plant coming in. Yes, that's kind of the the structure of this song is, or at least the verses, is the back and forth, and then during, or back and forth between the vocals and the riffs, which is very blues, and during the singing, there's nothing else. That's right. It's you all do vocals. get After the first one, you do get like a guitar sustain that plays out through his next but line. But it's just ringing, right? Yeah, it's just ringing out. Um... So it's very, like, focused on the thing that's going on. Which is probably good, because the thing that's going on is fairly complicated at times. Yeah, it's, yeah, both, like, the riff is complicated, and it's a pretty, a pretty banger vocal performance from old Plant himself. Yeah, I mean, he's quite a singer. Yeah, this despite one guy church said, choir thought or whatever. What did he say? Oh, I can't find the quote. Never mind. Damn. Was it a quote from the, the guy who's in, in charge of the church choir? And he's like, damn, I wish we got Robert Plant in <laughs> when we had <laughs> the chance. Robert Plant for this. No, oh yeah, here's this guy. He says, you're so right. Not only can Fergie not sing Plant better than Plant, nobody can sing Plant better than Plant. I was like, fair enough. I mean, he's Plant. How could yeah. anyone else be plant, right? If the goal is to be plant, then yeah, plant's the guy for the job. Even if he sings like shit, he's still being the most plant. Yeah. If the goal is to be the most rock and roll, though, I think Fergie's got him beat. No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's actually an existing recording of that of Fergie singing this song. Supposedly, she does it sometimes. So. Did she do it when she was one of the Mouseketeers? <laughs> I mean, we'll never know. There's no evidence. No evidence. Um, but there is evidence of this song rocking pretty hard. So yeah, there you get is. the yeah. you get the riff, and it goes. Um, incredible, great, yeah. It's pentatonics, basically. Brother, it's the blues. It's pentatonics. It's the blues. Yeah, it's the blues. What else would it be? Um, then like once it gets through that, because it goes back and forth mm-hmm. between the the lines being sung and and that riff being played, and then on the end when we're going to the chorus, it sort of packs on. It just feels like the riff keeps going. Yeah, it's like an extension of it. Part. Yeah, and that's you could call this part a pre-chorus. There's no singing, but it does exist between the verse and the chorus. Right, as a segment of music, it is pre to the chorus and also not the verse. So yeah, I I would I believe that. Yeah, I I heard it referred to as a pre-chorus in one thing I I saw about it. So okay, Uh, that's mostly why uh, this is where the like weird time signature happens Mm. because yeah, so. Or, I mean, this is where the guitar is in a weird time, and the bass as well, and then the drums aren't. Now, normally, I would listen to the drums for the time signature, right? Yeah. So, you counting with the drums, it all sounds like 4-4. Four, four. But, yeah, you sort of, every time the riff repeats, I guess it's like about a half beat shifted from where it was before, because they're not synced up. Right. So, that's where this happens. It doesn't sound like totally out of the, you know, totally strange or anything, though. No, I think I do think natural. Bonham's playing it safe though. Like when I'm in a, a jam session, I don't know what's happening. I just find the root note. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's gonna sound fine on the track there. It's right. He's just playing it in four four. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it works. Which is not to say that he doesn't do anything cool on this. He usually starts up the riff with some big like big drum hits, some big cymbal action. So he like brings the energy for sure. When I mean, it's John Bonham. Yeah, it's John Bonham. But when it comes He's... to that signature change, he I think he dials it back to, to play it safe. Yeah, although it's also, I mean, you know, to focus on the guitar riff, you will often reduce yeah, complexity you, you of other things. Back, so yeah. That's, you know, it's a good move. Yeah, but he is also the signaler of the, uh, the chorus coming in because he starts hitting that cowbell action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. uh that's what I have to say yeah. about that. That's yeah. Now is that because there's obviously multiple vocal tracks on there? Yeah. Is that the did the did the fellas also sing along or is that plant just multi-track? I think it's multi-track. Okay, tight. Um, let me see. I think so. I I mean I don't know what they would do live, but I feel like in the recording you would just multi-track. But I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine it's just him. Because, like, 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 that yeah. one YouTuber guy commented, you know, only Robert Plant can Robert Plant. Yeah, who else can plant? <laughs> Gardeners? Just Bob. I don't Bob. think so. Just, just Bob Plant. It's Bob. Bobby P. Bob Plant's a very different guy. <laughs> Bob Plant. Uh, Bob Plant. Yeah, no, I think I work with Bob Plant. Do you work with Bob Plant? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um... What else? What's next? What's next? What, next? Next what, what, else? what else? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. the guitar riff, very cool. You get some, like, neat, flat, fast triplets and stuff. Uh, yeah. The other thing that's happening here that wasn't happening before is the there's vocals and uh, 
instruments at the same and time. instruments at the same time. That's how you know the course is exciting. Yeah. What a simple way to make it exciting. It's like rolling. everything's happening at once. Everything's happening. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> also neat. Yeah, and like you neat. said, those that, that triplet like riff is very exciting. Yeah. And then we pull back down to the verse structure again. Yeah, um, back to that call and response. This and then this second verse is really short too. Yeah. Um which I mean I was thinking about it, I was like, ah, can you just shorten the verse? But like who cares? You can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. <laughs> um and then we get the ah section, the ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh, which is kind of like a breakdown, even yeah. though there's it's I, it's not really breaking down, but I mean it's it's all vocals, right? Yeah. So I mean, the song's perhaps been broken. So I guess it's just like an extended verse line, really. But there is a little guitar feedback there. There's... And then we go into the "Hey Baby" bits, where we get another little riff. I like the drum. I like the drum fill leading in. Yeah. Um, the drums kind of follow the guitar. I mean, the drums often follow the guitar because yeah, they're kind of hitting the, the main beats of the guitar there. Yeah. So that's that's a cool. It's a cool thing to do. Uh, not everybody does that. Um, I think it's kind of a signature of John Bonham in in some ways, but. I mean, it's John Bonham, so everyone copies John Bonham. Right. As much as you can. Because, you know, he's considered one of the all-time great rock and roll drummers. So good. He's considered a pretty good drummer. <laughs> pretty good drummer. Like a reasonably good drummer. Um, um, next big note I have, I mean, it, we kind of flip through similar segments again and again. But yeah. the next big thing to happen is the guitar solo around 340. Yes, and uh, it goes on for a while. Yeah, and it's it's big. It's bringing some of that chorus energy, some of that like triplets and like sort of higher register. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of country twang in there, but played through an electric guitar. Sure. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe we'll see if that makes sense later on. We'll see. Um. Yeah. Does that carry us through? Because we fade out on this. Yeah, the solo's quite. Quite a while, you know. It, well, other than that, the bridge riff um, is playing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and the guitar is just soloing. And, like, that's the rest of the. It's like over a minute. And that's. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the track. And that's obviously, nice. I mean, this is one of those, like, immortal guitar solos. Like. <laughs> It's a Led Zeppelin guitar solo. Like, yeah, like I don't know if I can say anything about what it. What can we say so. qualitatively about yeah. it? It sounds good. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Page it, guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, and it plays with the the already established riff like structure. Like it's playing yeah, it in the makes same it a zone. More exciting. Working with the same bits of language. Yeah, it just makes it more exciting. So it's it's conceptual because often we talk about solos negatively from covers where it's like a jazz one and they're like and now we're just ripping jazz for five minute block and it's like it doesn't even sound like the song anymore yeah you know what's fun about this though Mm -hmm. so we talked a little while ago about uh eight miles high and we talked about the guitar solo in that and it was unusual because it was kind of like a faster guitar solo that didn't use 
conventions that we have now because it mm-hmm. kind of came before those conventions were established and i feel like this is sort of an evolution of that where we're not quite at the same type of shredding that we would be like oh that's fast guitar solo but like it's approaching it so this right. is like another step on the path because it's like disjointed right because he does like a yeah. section of it and then kind of plays it down it's like and yeah you're right so it's not hitting shredding yet but it, it's it's a step in that direction but like i mean Still Jimmy Page, still playing quickly and accurately and whatever. Yeah. Way to go, Jimmy Page. James Page. <laughs> James Page. Playing skiffle. Playing skiffle. And now look at him. Living in an English mansion. Whenever I think about Jimmy Page, I just think about the It Might Get Loud documentary where the dude asks him where the inspiration for Stairway to Heaven came from. <laughs> What does he say? He kind of just kind of like beats her on the bush. He's like, oh, little music, oh. you know, it's quite a crazy thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they go to the farm where this was recorded. Yeah, I think in you're right. Uh, been uh, ages since I watched that documentary. Yeah, I've watched it once ago. like 10 to 15 years ago. and like, Yeah, I think. Well, it was on Netflix, so. Yeah. Would have been like high school or just after. Right. I've had my next Netflix account for 12 years, so it would have been sometime in the last 12 years. Yeah. Um, shout out to Netflix, another garbage company. But Alex, <laughs> we got no time to talk about how I hate corporations. We got to talk about covers, starting with Issa in 2002. <laughs> We do need to talk about Jane Sibbery, who is this same person. Yes, who's Canadian uh, singer songwriter. Isa, Isa, this pronunciation. Oh. Anyway, yeah, a an identity adopted by Jane Sibbery between 2006 and 2009. Which is weird because this came out in 2002, so it seems like Spotify is maybe just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so who's this artist? Uh, Canadian. Canadian. From Toronto. Toronto. Um, and yeah, she had been performing for quite a while, it sounds like. Or for yeah, a she while. She got like some kind of award for being Canadian and performing. Was it a Juno? No, it was oh. not a Juno. Because um, we do have those. Um, and then she changed her name for a bit and like sold all her possessions. Or most of them that weren't like records, basically, okay. and uh, decided to do a different thing for a bit, um, mm. and then decided that was enough. And uh, so that's cool. That's a yeah. that's a that's a. I was gonna say a quest, but I meant to say a journey. That's that's quite a journey. It's quite a journey. So this one is electronic, Alex. Oh, it is electronic. It's an electronic tribute to Led uh, Zeppelin. Fairly heavy sound too. Yeah, um, definitely we come in with that aggression, that. especially with the, the, the drum kit is played pretty quick. The Energetic. Yeah, the like drum machine can make it super fast. Um, yeah. It largely keeps similar ideas of having the, you know, the back and forth call and response, but now it's more of like an electronic, dare I even say, dancey thing. Um, yeah, so there's always a drum beat even when she's singing. Yeah. Um, and it's got the uh, electronic version thing where they kind of sit on a line for a while. Hey, mama. 
So the hey, way you hey, move. Mom, the way you move. Um, and it takes, I think it takes about 45 seconds. Like they repeat that a few times in the first 45 seconds. Yeah. There's a real buildup where on. they're just, she's just kind of showing off what's in her synth catalog. She's like, what yeah. about this one? It's like, there are a lot of synths. Um, some bloopy stuff. This like higher one. He's got the like like semi random thing going on. Yeah. Um, and like the sequence, like lower one plays during the riff parts. Uh, how fast is that one? See if I can find it. You know, lower like yeah. bassy thing. So you know, decent synth catalog. Decent, yeah, decent synth catalog. They get a crunchy guitar to play the riff after she gets into like properly doing verses. Yeah, that's um I mean that's kind of like the rock thing, but uh yeah. That's kind of where the like heaviness really comes from. Or a lot it's of all, it's a little like it's leaning into ideas of like how David Bowie approached electronic music on Earthling. You know, it does. It's a little Earthling or even um outside. In yeah. Terms sound. Um, in terms of sound, yeah. It's like harsh electronic. Which were both like Right next to each other. Right next to each other, yeah. So, yeah, which I and guess is itself kind of more a drum and bass influence. D&B. As I understand. Yes. Yeah. So that that is, that is yeah, the sound of this one for sure. And a lot yeah, of and so I think it does a good job. I think having that, like, harshness gives this song a bit of life, because otherwise it would just be like... I don't know, a little too soft. Like, there's aggression in the original song, and I think bringing that into electronic music is is good, is smart. Yeah, and and they're not, like, losing... Like, I think if you make the original electronic, it could become a little bit too... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, like it, the time signatures would would be like too straight kind of thing right it's a little too crisp a little too like yeah robotic like too but, smooth but adding on a little bit more of that aggression i think helps yeah bringing in random synths yeah. that come in with like not exactly pleasant noises mm-hmm. but like sharp attacks it's like yeah this this gives a little bit of what was in the original in a different light yeah i think is this the one that kind of simplify the riff in this one or like sort of only play the first half. Um. They yeah. Just because like it doesn't have the same like guitar playing everything you know, and it's not the same interplay between the the guitar and the drums with the like different time signatures. That's all simplified. Yeah. Which like fine. You know? I mean, like most like, of them simplify because it's True, very cause hard you, to hit. Yeah, kind of gotta. <laughs> all those notes. Hmm. Um, one other thing that's a little cool when they do the break, mm-hmm. and this is my timestamp is 2.15. It doesn't sound like it's starting at the beginning, kind of sounds right. like it's starting on like the second one. Um, which I thought was, I don't know, I thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could buy that, sure. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of shifted that to a different spot, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think she does a good job of, like, beefing up her vocals to also give them a bit of presence. Using some backing tracks and things to, to make sure she's not lying flat on the track. I think it's a pretty good version, honestly. And it's got the decency to cut at three and a half minutes. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good move. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Let's talk about, I think, the only member of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer we haven't talked about yet. Keith Emerson in 2008. Oh, is that true? Have we talked? To- oh, because we talked about the other two together, yeah. right? Yeah, and they're in their group three. Right. <laughs> and this is the other one. This is the Emerson. Yes. So, I mean, every once in a while, you'll see, like, a Palmer who's just another dude. Right, but uh, not but many no, Emersons out there. The Emerson from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. They've come up a couple times. We've never, I don't think, talked about them specifically. No. Um, you, were like, you told me, you're like, oh, they're more prog rocky, and I didn't believe you, but now I know for sure Keith Emerson is more prog rocky. See, I, I was thinking about that conversation this week as well, and mm-hmm. I went and listened to some Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and, like... They have both, right? Like, okay. a lot of their songs are, like, Lucky Man, where it's, like, acoustic guitar kind of harmonizing. And then they have, you know, more synthy stuff. Right. But they have both, and I think a lot of their hits are the, um, are more the like more folky-sounding folky yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, But then they'll do, I mean, the one I mentioned last time, like, a Benny the Bouncer. Of course, <laughs> Which Benny is the not Bouncer. a hit, I don't think. <laughs> you know? Um... Or, like, I mean, even just looking at their album covers, like, Brain Salad Surgery album cover. Right. Which was, uh, you know, it's a Giger design. Right. Uh, doesn't look like a folk rock it's album. Giger? I always thought <laughs> it was Geiger. Sure. But- um, I've heard Giger more, more and more lately. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly, though. Well, you learn something new every day. Giger? Geiger? HR. Still rock and roll We're to on me, a first baby. name basis. Do you uh, say HR? Do you say HR? HR? Uh, it depends on what vowel sounds I say immediately beforehand. Mm. Is that the is that the rule for it? When do no, you say I don't a think H? so. I just oh, never okay. say H because it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's bourgeois. Uh, um, speaking of bourgeois, <laughs> owning more than one keyboard, Keith Emerson. Let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like we talk about this type of cover of, like, particularly rock songs often, where it is maybe just like more proggy, which just means more synths are involved, really. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is the guy, this is like one of the guys who helped popularize the Moog as an instrument in popular music, you know? And he's definitely using that here. Yes. Oh my gosh. He's He's so using that here. And to, to the point that he's like, we don't need vocals on this track. True, it's entirely instrumental, which is an interesting choice considering, you know, it's like this blues song. This blues song with breaks specifically for lyrics and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is an interesting choice, but what's more interesting is that in some of the vocal parts, in fact, in most of the vocal parts, they just don't have anything it's just yeah in fairness they do shorten them so it's not like they're not giving the space for the full line but yeah they do just opt for silence yeah so as much as i was thinking like oh it's a big it would be a big synth showcase it kind of isn't like there is a fair there's some synth you really get the moog sound you know um Mm -hmm. but he's also playing an organ i'm pretty sure that's him it might not be but there's also an organ um, yes that is playing as much um 
And then there's bits like where, like I said, it'll be silence. But then in the middle, it's like synth, but it's like ambient synth. It's kind of like... Yeah. Maybe not that fast. So yeah, it is like... That kind of So thing. I guess the big exciting moments are when he jumps into synth solos. Yes, which is... They do a big synth solo right at the end. So it is a big synth showcase, but not the whole time. Not the whole thing. And like, there we could have spent less time on closely playing the riff the and like the song structure because you don't have this there's no lyrics guy let's forget about it let's just establish <laughs> that this is black dog hit me with some synth solos inspired by black dog and let's let's go home in you know three and a half minutes we don't need five minutes for this i don't think it kind of feels like the the standard thing where mm-hmm. you kind of establish what song it is and then mostly just use it to stick solos in yeah. But even though that they're not really using it that way. Um, but well, yeah, they but I, of, I don't know. I don't really think of Black Dog as a standard. It's like too hard to play to be a standard. Exactly, yeah, it's too tough. So I guess what he kind of does is because at those first breaks for verses, he doesn't fit anything in. Then we get a brief synth solo around like one and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he starts slotting that spacey synth in between the, the riff in the yeah. first sections. So, yeah. so there is like a, a build like idea to this version mm-hmm. or the idea is to build in more and more synth yeah i guess it does and then kind of like builds up to that solo and then and then does the solo but i mean the rest of it as much as it's not the focus like it's it's holding its own i think like i like yeah, the it's... organ combined with the the electric guitar in this which they play together a lot so it's got some good sounds yeah, it's like if you like this type of rock and roll, like this sounds like that type <laughs> of rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it it rocks. And rolls. And rolls. Um, I thought, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I thought not bad. I think we do lose something that in the loss of vocals that can't be replaced by banging synths. By banging synths. Banging though they may be. Banging though they may be, but uh, hey, this is this is Keith Emerson's show. He does what he wants with it. Yeah, I was a little. The album art on this doesn't look like it's from 2008. Look, claims to be from 2008, right? And also 2012. Also 2012. So I don't know if this is an older recording. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, it sounds like something that would be played live, and you'd be like, oh, damn. Keith Emerson knows Black Dog. Wow. But you know who else knows Black Dog? Lana Rebel in 2010. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move Gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove Lana Rebel, yeah. So, it wasn't that difficult to find out who this was. But if you search Lana Rebel, you don't get much, and, like, there's nothing on Lana Rebel on Spotify, but there's a an artist that goes by Miss Lana Rebel. Hmm. Seems to be the same person. Is that the badass matriarch of Dust Bowl Country? It's the one. Oh. Uh. So, yeah, country, but you can't afford more instruments than just a guitar. <laughs> yeah, this one is meant to be... This is your very stripped-down yeah. guitar and vocal focus thing. Yeah, and in that, bring the old blues element. What if we take this electric blues song, take out the electricity, and add 
add in like a dash of country. Yeah, absolutely. So it's still and and like it fits because it has that blues DNA. Yeah, you're just sort of rolling back the other parts of it, and it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense as mm. this kind of country blues um, style style song. Yeah, you get your kind of cowboy rhythm. It's yeah, it's very much like playing into her idea of Dust Bowl country. It feels like some dude's playing this on his porch. <laughs> as, as, as like tumbleweed yeah. goes by everything's a little brown yeah orange. got that orange filter on the I got camera that orange filter on it so you, you're maybe in the country or maybe in mexico who knows like who knows yeah but could it's be orange texas filter time. could be south of texas <laughs> south of texas uh third place that is close by um but yeah they really got that twang you know and the voice the guitar mm-hmm. very like close to the guitar the guitar does like a riff sort of an adapted version of the riff that's slowed down yeah that sort of thing yeah um, and then when she starts singing instead of just silence strumming yeah just this, this just little like riding a horse rhythm yeah exactly <laughs> pretty simple strumming and like i think that like it's an effective it's effective theming for sure. Yes, like it fits the sure. song and like they kind of nail it in terms of all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the once you've heard like the whole cycle, like one time, like verse to the riff to the, the chorus, you're you're good. Like you the trick's over. <laughs> True. They don't have anything else up their sleeve. It's just yeah. that. Um and it kind of I mean it really like it it's only 320. So mm-hmm. they have shortened it quite a bit. For sure, uh, yeah. But it does still have that repetition. Um, but it really does kind of cook through four verses and then just, like, does the break and just kind of fucks off. Like, it's, it's fairly succinct, but it does, yeah. It is a bit um, repetitive. A bit repetitive, yeah. Even hearing it when it does, like, the extended riff, you're like, okay, yeah, like... <laughs> I see you can do that. <laughs> yeah, all right. A little more guitar. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But yeah, I think overall, like you said, good theming on this. What I so I think it it plays pretty solidly. Um, one that I think does not have good theming and I think suffers from its also broken down sort of riffing is Maya Beiser in 2014 or Baser maybe. <laughs> I've said, I said Beiser. I say Beezer, like Geiger. Like the only difference is the S instead of a G, and the B instead of a G as well. I don't know then. Let's see. There's no help on the Wikipedia page. I was saying Beiser though. Okay. I'm gonna say Beezer. Um, Beezer. Maya Beezer, an American cellist. I'll tell you that performing oh. artist and producer. So this is the stringed version. This is the stringed version, um, but I was looking up my, I don't know, she, her website, so her website says, no, Wikipedia says, what does it say? Webster's uh, Dictionary defines, Webster's, where are we going here, Alex? <laughs> um, it has a quote uh, that says the New Yorker referred to as a cello goddess, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then her her um, website has a quote from the New York Times that says she's been called a cello goddess, but I can't find the original quote from the New Yorker. Mm. Actually, no. There's a link here. I bet you. Is I it the find New Yorker it. or a New Yorker? Hang on. Maybe just some guy from New York called her that. This once. is BBC. What's going on here? The New Yorker thing. The 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 source for the New Yorker quote is BBC.com. That can't okay. be right. Maybe BBC quoted the New Yorker in their review of her. Anyway, she uses Cello Goddess as her like tag online. Hashtag Cello Goddess. Has, exactly. It's more like at Cello Goddess, but Oh, okay. You could hashtag it too. Handle. Maybe handle's a better handle would be uh, that's a better term. word. That's the word for it. Um anyway, yeah, she plays cello. She often does rock and roll songs and uh considered avant garde. Apparently. Um okay. Well, uh, she that considered might have just been her own website who called it that called Could it that, be though. Cello Goddess Avant Garde. She's throwing a lot of big terms here. Um so she she opens with like some strings on this. It's very long, drawn out. Cello even. Cello. Cello. Yeah. Cello. Got some echo. And then that leads into tracks. some talking. She goes, I'm gonna make you good. Yes, she 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 spoken words the first first? Just the first word? Yeah, just the cool. first verse, and then she abandons the idea of doing any more lyrics. And it drops vocals entirely, yeah. Um, and then we get like cello through an amp yeah it is like heavy distortion on it seems to be a cello yeah yeah i'm assuming she's a cello goddess she is um i there was a brief moment where i was thinking like is it a guitar she's brought in that she's playing with but later on it's always later on there's a segment where it really sounds like it's being played as a cello Mm -hmm. through some distortion yeah yeah, I think the the sound on that cello isn't so hot. You don't like it? I think the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, cool. And then it plays more, and you're like, nah, I'm all done with this. No. Yeah. No, I, I dug it. I thought it worked. Um, or it worked for me, anyway. Um, my thing I was thinking is, like, a lot of versions like this where... Mm-hmm. It is like classical style, and they're like, "Let's put a little distortion on something." The distortion just like doesn't work for me, but this did. This did. Okay. Well, Sometimes what about like? When it well, goes... they're not really distortion people, so they're they're going for the rock and roll sound, but like they don't have the they haven't quite got there. Yeah. Well, that's that seems to be what happens for me in this version. If you go to around like one fifteen, when it starts doing the next riff bit there. It's kind of what you talked about with the time signature and how an electronic one that could be like too smoothed out. That's what happens here with the playing of the riff. It's too much just because like the cello is a smoother instrument because it's bowed kind of thing. Yeah, so she can't do this kind of more like jaggedy playing. So it goes. Yeah, there's more of that. Particularly, um, what is it on the on the break? Yeah. She does, like, slides up and down. That's probably the most notable slide uh, to my mind. Yeah, and it that, I didn't, I didn't like it. it to me, no. it highlighted why this song should not be played on a cello. <laughs> uh, 
I kind of like the breakdown, honestly. I don't know, man. I kind of like this version. <laughs> no, this did not fucking work for me. Um, it's... it's definitely... I don't know. These these string ones definitely don't always work, you know? Particularly if they uh, if they go the distortion, or if they include some level of, of distortion, or try to yeah. like move towards rock and roll. Right, they um, compromise their their orchestral values too much. Yeah, or yeah, you know, they get like the kind of uncanny thing where it's like, eh, I can tell it's not right. Um, but at least for me, it climbed out of that valley. Um, mm. But it, maybe it's just kind of on the edge, you know. <laughs> Depending on where you fall personally. Yeah, well, like even around the two minute mark, it does like a call and response section, and like the first one mm-hmm. that plays, the filter sounds fine, and then her fucking unfiltered cello comes in and it's just like it's it's trying yeah. to be rock and roll with old man instruments it can't do it it's like if you put your grandpa into a professional football team you just can't keep up yeah it is a bit strange when they it, it does the old the old one or yeah the old one that's a weird way of putting it does the distorted and, uh, and clean one yeah together and i wonder if like like they don't quite mesh yeah, they don't hit for me, and then when she starts going really high on that thing, it almost hits that, like, balloon noises that we heard way back on that cover of Wayward Son. Oh, no. Those it's, can it, be tough. It's like, I feel like this just tried too hard to balance the... It's trying to, you know, be Jean-Claude Van Damme between two moving trucks, but it, <laughs> it can't They couldn't do pull it. off the splits. Couldn't pull off the splits, man. Pull the ligament. Oh, but no. hey, if you liked it... Good for you, Alex. No, yeah, I, I dug the sounds on it. So, uh, so, And like I said, I often find these sort of non-standard moving towards rock covers are somewhat lacking, but I, I did enjoy this one. Fair enough, Alex. But you know what? It did prime me to like our next uh, our next contestant a little more. Ah. We also talked about on Carry On Wayward Son. We did. Steve and Seagulls. Steve. Hey, mama said the way you move Gonna make you sweat Gonna make you groove Mm, Seagulls, yeah. 2015. They're, they're an interesting group. We've talked about them before, as you said. And um, they're Finnish. They're a Finnish country bluegrass band. Yeah, they're. we talk often about this specific subsection of culture in that like Finnish and other assorted like <laughs> yeah. countries. Like Nordic love, countries. Yeah, they love Americana in these Nordic <laughs> countries. Yeah, which is like, it's just so fascinating because it's this like view of Americana from without. And it's yeah. just like so fascinating a lot of the time, especially because a lot of the time they'll be like extremely skilled musicians and it'll be this like perfect facsimile of the thing. But like there's one thing that makes it feel a little different, often an accent or something. Yeah. Like the nasaliness of their vocals is sometimes just enough to be like, well, this is Nordic. Yeah. Like it's not <laughs> Americans don't sing like this. Yeah, in, like, interesting ways. Um, and this is definitely, like, an interesting group to hear, because they really have, like, yeah, they have the country bluegrass sound. You get your guitar, you get your banjo, Yeah, there's a music video for this. They got guitar, banjo, a stand-up bass. The music video right. isn't that exciting. It's just them playing yeah, the in, song like, very on a dark harsh stage. Lighting. Yeah. Um, They've all got little hats. Yeah, what, what are those hats? What kind of hats they got? One guy's got like a fur cap. The other guy's got maybe a fez. He's in the dark. It's hard to see. 
But yeah, in that shot, you've got acoustic guitar, a banjo, and a mandolin. Yeah. And then once it I shifts to the left, you'll see uh, a stand-up bass. And then oh, like, a, like a country-ass drum set. It's like two fucking tiny little <laughs> snare drums. It's just a bucket and like yeah. a cowbell and a skull from the prairies. Yes, that's right. It's <laughs> yeah, and it's a human skull because they're fucking hardcore up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, these guys, thanks to the magic of like picking being what banjos and mandolins are built for. Yeah, I think the riffs sound pretty good on this. The riffs do. I mean, I that that riff on the banjo is like very amusing. Yeah, it's like it's built to be on that. And again, yeah. like shifting to country is just like walking rock and roll backwards in time. So it like yeah. it's a pretty easy move. Not to mention, I mean, uh, Jimmy Page has a background in Skiffle, which That's is right. like even closer to this kind of music. So there you go. So yeah, it's it all connects. This connects very well. Um, I do wish they have a very exciting section with whistling later on after the final yeah, verse. Yeah. I wish we could have maybe incorporated more of that throughout. More whistling? Yeah, because it was just so fun and exciting, and then it goes away. And then it just goes away. Yeah, whistling is fun. I do like I do like whistling. I feel like I mean I I've learned to whistle relatively recently. It's about three years ago now. Damn. And, Alex. Uh, like I can't imagine doing it in a live setting. Like my whistling is way too inconsistent. Like I just blow air and be like, "Shit, it's not working right now." Shit. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We'll Gotta do a different song. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always impressed when there's whistling. Yeah. But yeah, this is pretty played pretty close to the original, but with you know your country yeah. blues New instruments. Sounds. Um, a couple of lyrical changes that are just like funny. Yeah. What do you um, got? Well, I, th- I swear he says steady, rolly women. Steady, rolly women. <laughs> rolly women. Um, I thought he said in, I might listen to it again here, but in the Hey Baby, Pretty Baby, hang on, I'm listening to it right now. I guess he says do me like you do me now. Do me like you do me now. That's the other one I've written down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, that's probably what he's saying, more or less. Move me while you groove me now. Move like, me while you groove me now. That's pretty what much you said the same. when we were talking about the lyrics, basically. Yeah. So. <laughs> do me like you do me now. <laughs> okay. Doesn't totally make sense, but it, as much as the original. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we go from that to, you know, we do some finger picking, and then we hit that fun little whistling section. Around 233. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, that's fun. It's a fun whistling section they do. And then they just kind of have like a, is it another banjo solo? Is it a, I think it is. Or maybe mandolin. Or maybe both, banjo mando. I didn't watch the banjo mando. Yeah, because they do double up a lot. I didn't actually watch. Now I see the banjo planet. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, no, you're right. It was a banjo mando. Mando. Fucking knew it. Banjo mando. Um. Yeah. So, uh, banjo mando out of ten is my rating for that. Song. Yeah, I I liked it. It's it's a bit of a, just like a genre cover, but I think it I think it played all right here. I think I kind of liked these guys the last time we talked about them too. So no surprise. Yeah, they're pretty there. amusing and like in a bit of a weird way that is somewhat familiar, but also a bit strange. Yeah. Um. Well, let's talk about one last artist here, Alex. Let's talk about Vanessa Fernandez in 2016. Hey, hey, mom, Gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. 
Yep, last one. Uh, from Singapore? Is that the right? Yeah, she, the, very weird, because you look at the other things it says about her, and you're like, no way is that who it is. Because <laughs> she mostly, like, does rap. Yeah. But, but then this is on her discography, on her Wikipedia page, so it is... Okay. So yeah, singer and radio presenter from Singapore has released albums with Urban Exchange and Parking Lot Pimp. And yeah, is known for doing like yeah. rap and hip hop. And, and also does this one. Mm-hmm. Which is largely like an acoustic version. Yeah, and like full band acoustic. So you get this mm-hmm. guitar doing like like rhythm chords, this boom, boom, boom. You get hand drums. Yeah, like hand drums. Is it like a I almost thought it was a cajon at one cajon at one point, but I believe that. I'm just questioning that now because it sounds like there's more stuff there for sure. But yeah, it's like guitar, like acoustic guitar plays, and then she'll do her singing thing, and then it's kind of yeah, like close mic singing. Yeah, close and it's mic just like singing. Like a lot softer. So yeah, it sits somewhere between like the Lana Rebel and the Maya Beezer version. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, honestly, because that like kind of describes it, right? Yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah it's what? very simple. Um, we've totally stripped out the riff to instead do this very simple blues like bum 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 plod. Um, it's got like a decent little little groove to it, mostly because mm-hmm. of those drums and like the guitar is quite rhythmic. Um, but yeah, there's not much in the way of like riffing or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sparse. It's yeah, I don't know if I have a ton to say about it. I didn't think it was bad. I wasn't crazy about it. No. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting on a, in a similar place about it. Okay. Um, honestly, I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. This, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but it like doesn't really go past that setup, which we kind of also talked about with Lana Rebel. You know, yeah. it's like very much what they're doing at the start is more or less what they're doing at the end. Exactly. Um, she sings some ahas that are a little higher near the end, but like that's yeah, that's about it. Um, few lyrical changes, nothing. Huge, but you know, gender switch up, steady rolling man. Steady rolling man. Actually, fun, fun story. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote steady rolling man, uh-huh. and uh, my grammar corrector was like, "Did you mean roll in?" Ooh. Uh, so it knew I was being slangy. Way to go, grammar corrector. <laughs> um, and uh, make me a happy gal, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Sensible, easy, simple. Sensible. Let's. Yeah. No major changes. But yeah, that's kind of that's all I got. That's, that's all, all we got. So we're gonna take it to our final verdicts. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and the horniest version. Easy, simple. Alex, what's the worst version of this? Worst version of this. As much as I did not hate it, I think Vanessa Fernandez for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I dug the other ones at least like a bit and that one kind of bounced off me. Fair enough. Um, um, and like, yeah, it doesn't develop a whole lot. Um, and it's not like that interesting, but it's got, still got a decent groove. Uh, like I said, um, but yeah, 
That's, that's how it goes. Fair dues, Alex. I'm going to pick what you're probably picking for your best. Uh, my advisor, no good, man. No good. Uh, Bad yes. song, no good. Bad song, no good. No, I get it. The, the tones are all off for me. Uh, it's. I don't think the instrument choices were right. I don't know. No good. Alex, what's your favorite version? What's my favorite version? I, I mean, what's the best version? What's... That's uh, the real question. What's the right. best version? What's the best version? Completely, totally different things. They are technically. You treat it like it's the favorite. I have a little uh, journalistic integrity here. Journalistic integrity. I philosophically do not believe there is such thing as a best version. But that's a whole other story. Okay, um, the one that was number one for me was it was not it was not my advisor. Um, I think the one I like the most, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I'm looking, I'm, I'm filling for time a little bit, but I am actually looking at the, and like, I think it was Keith Emerson, cause like, Mm. it kind of rocked, you know? And, uh, and it had good sounds. It did have good sounds. And, uh, and I enjoyed it, even though it was instrumental. Instrumental, yeah, and it's like, it's, it, it takes a blues song and turns it into a blues standard, and that's like... That's a good direction to go in, I think. Yeah. So, cool version uh, that we didn't really get much more of. No, nobody else tried to prog rock it. No. No. Um, I'm going to give it to Steven Seagulls. Fuck it. You know, a lot of people did like genre covers. Like mm-hmm. Lana Rebel did it. I, I enjoyed that one too. Mm-hmm. But I think Steven Seagulls, they got a fun little whistling section. They got the banjo group. playing. Yeah, they're fun. And it's good to have fun with Led Zeppelin songs. And they say, do me like you do me now. And come on. Come on. <laughs> what's not to like about that? What's not to like about that? Alex, what's the horniest version? Oh, what is the horniest version? It might also be Vanessa Fernandez. Just because it's so close, Mike. Hey, mama, sit the way she's, she's moving in close. Hey there. You know? <laughs> hey. Hey, mama. <laughs> um... So that's what I'm going to say, and that's the reason I'm going to say it. Hey, that's what I was looking for. Perfect, Alex. Um, yeah. Good choice. Great Tick choice. those boxes. Um, electronic music, I think, is inherently horny. A little bit, yeah. So I'm going to go with Issa. Issa. Or Jane Sibbery. Yeah. So you know what? And it's aggressive horny, too, like the original. We got those, those sharp synths coming in. We got the aggressive drums. You're right. People are fit. here to aggressively bump and grind. And that's why it goes to Issa this week. If you got a different opinion, similar opinion, want to talk to us about a version we talk, didn't talk about, which there are many, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. I will remind you, not all of our episodes are on Spotify anymore, because they've come down on us with a vengeance. Righteous fury. And they're like, don't worry, something will happen, but it's going to take like six months at least. So, If you want to listen to Better Now, the Post Malone episode featuring guest Emily Eamon. If you want to listen to Mr. Brightside featuring Ruby Swan, a song by the Killers. If you want to listen to Bitch Better Have My Money? No, it's a different one. It's There's a third one. I always forget one of the three that got taken off. But if you want all the Spotify content, you can't because it's not on Spotify. If you want all the Cover Me content, 
you got to go to a different app. Um, but be sure to rate and review us. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones. Um, just listen, go viral on the internet. And then when news articles review you and say, why did you do this thing? You say, cover me podcast. No further questions. Yeah. Slingshot us. Slingshot us, baby. That's the way we do it. Um, thank you all so much. That does it for today's episode of cover me. As we always say on cover me, I don't know what I've been told. A cover me host ain't got no soul. <laughs>